So let me go ahead and introduce Jenny. And Jenny is an enterprise agile coach based out of Kansas City. She works with large and small organizations to experiment with agility at the team system and enterprise level. Uh, Jenny started working toward being a coach after taking Lisa Adkins coaching agile teams class in 2012. So in particular, she was attracted to the idea that the coach doesn't need to have all of the questions. <laughs> Coaching can be a creative process in which the client discovers the answers themselves, which is true. We love that. And Jenny has recently started working with Agile Velocity. In her spare time, she likes playing board games with her family, which includes her husband, Terry, her 10-year-old daughter, Reagan, and two-year-old Shishu Penny. Um, so I hope I didn't screw that up too, too much, but really Jenny's going to really help us navigate today, you know, because we have a policy. If you pick, if you pick a speaker uh, as a part of the core organizing group, you're the MC for that Saturday. So um, I just wanted to say most of the core group for the Agile for Humanity is, you know, you have Joseph, you have Anna Elsa, um, you have Jenny, um, you have Ashanti who you can't see, but you could hear occasionally. And you have yours truly, who, who we get together and we pretty much organize this. So um, Jenny, without further ado, please lead us and, and help us to uh, have a great conversation today. Excellent. Thank you for that introduction and welcome everybody for being here. Oh, I have a role. If a pet ever walks in front of the camera, we get to um, be introduced as well. So, uh -huh. so you got to make sure she's in. Aww. Hi, Kitsia, and he is a little over a year old, and he's a shelter kitty. Aw, welcome. Oh, nice. Welcome. Kitsia means kitty in Ukrainian. Oh. Awesome. All right, well, thank you for joining today. Um, I actually, I love that this is a, a smaller group. Um, we do have some folks that have volunteered to be panelists, um, and so uh, we do have some, some questions for them, but I really would encourage this to become a conversation, right? And so um, if anybody has something they'd like to add to one of the topics or a question that they have, um, please feel free to either drop it in the chat box or break into the conversation. So we can be very fluid today. Um, before we get started, I wanna get a feel for who is here. So whether you have the word coach in your title or not, please raise your hand or indicate if you are uh, doing coaching at, in your work. So are you currently doing coaching in your work? Okay, thank you. Um, how many of you have the word coach in your title? Formal, oh, look at that, okay, thank you. All right, let's kind of flip this to the other side. How many of you have a formal coach? So, so you have a formal coach, you get coaching, okay? How many of you have been coached in the last week? There we go. Okay, so this looks like a, a group that is embracing coaching. Thank you. All right, so I'm going to start off with um, our panelists um, and have them introduce themselves. Uh, Joe, could you go first, please? Sure. Um, hello, everyone. So my name is Joseph Jones. I am a uh, product developer and internal coach with Freddie Mac, um, and an external coach, career and leadership coach. Um, afterward, <laughs> I started a side business doing coaching, um, and so this my business is called Shifting Focus Consulting, um, and I do uh, career and leadership development coaching, 
as well as a lot of pro bono coaching. So happy to be here. Thank you, Joe. Anna Elsa? Sure. Um, again, my name is Anna Elsa Aviles. I am a certified coach, certified professional coach, a certified project manager. And primarily what I do is I am an organization development consultant in the healthcare industry here in New York. And so I, I integrate coaching into the work that I do with, with healthcare professionals, managers, executives, union leaders, and uh, any other clients that I'm able to get also. So um, my goal is to do more like coaching for transformation. So just help people empower themselves. And I'll, st I'll stop there. Okay, thank you. Michael, Michael Tucker. Yeah, um, so again, Michael Tucker. Um, I am a certified executive and professional coach. I work with executives, I work with teams, I work with groups, um, and um, I love the work that I get to do. Um, and I'm fairly new to the agile space within, I would probably say within the last six months or so, um, you know, recently knocking out a couple of the, the certifications. Um, and where I where I'm really really seeing some opportunity is actually working with product owners um, from a coaching standpoint um, but uh, I'm so open to all of the wonderful possibilities that you know this very special industry has so I, I just I love being here and um, I look forward to today's conversation thank you Dr. Dave yeah, I am a certified business executive and enterprise agile coach. I, um, you know, I work with a lot, spend a lot of energy working with um, large corporations, executives, and their team members. Uh, my mantra for them is uh, <clears throat> helping people achieve awesomeness, their level of awesomeness. And, and that's my focus is helping people to find their space to where they can be their very best. Um, I also do a lot of fun stuff around Five Saturdays, which is my my heartthrob, um, uh, you know, which which is kind of cool thing working with high school kids, coaching, teaching them different skills that they could use um, in their lives. So that includes coding and stuff like that. Um, and Jenny just posed a very in question, a very interesting question that I didn't know Anne Marie was going to be here, and I know she's our speaker in June. So uh, Jenny wants to know if Anne Marie wants to join our panel. Anne-Marie's on a panel. All right, Anne-Marie, you can introduce yourself next. <laughs> Anne-Marie. Yeah. yeah. I'm delighted to be here and excited and thrilled. I serve as a transformation leadership and agile coach. I, I have one-on-one -on -one clients. I have my own practice. And I also contract with an organization who's an agile coach. So I, the word that I use are wrong love. I, I want, I'm here to express love to to first of all to to be love right i mean my connection with the divine source is important to me and um i view that that's who i be i i first of all and then you know the things that i do is to bring more love into the world um, and that's what i share in what's in my blog yeah. and this resonates very much with this meetup in terms of um, bringing humanity back into the world um, so I love being part of this group and connecting with this group, and I'm excited to be here. And we love having you too. So, thank you. 
Well, one of the things that I was wondering about is if we all have kind of a common foundation or common definition of what we consider coaching and how we might describe that. So would anybody like to um, describe for them what coaching is? Uh, the, the, the official uh, verbiage, you know, from the Coaching Federation, um, you know, I, I think we could all look, look that up, but I'm wondering if there's something, and, and I just thought of that as, as Amory um, brought into um, this space, um, a lot of things about your coaching perspective um, that like I wouldn't find on the Coaching Federation site, right? <laughs> um, but it's beautiful. So I'm just opening the floor up for anybody else to offer what they um, uh, see as coaching. I simplify it's bringing out the magnificence in the other person is all it is. I mean, you're a naturally whole, creative, resourceful person. I'm co-active trained. Right? Um, I'm not here to fix anything or anything like that. It's to bring out, you have everything you need within you. You may not know it at the time. You may have, you, may, you might be experiencing a challenge or whatever you're going through, right? I mean, we're in a pandemic, right? And we've never been here before. Um, so we're all experiencing different emotions and challenges and whatever is present for us. And, you know, as a coach, I'm present to what is here in this moment um, and to hold space for that and to process it and to be curious. I bring a lot of curiosity as well as playfulness. So, yeah. So, I mean, my definition that I sent off to ICF at some point was like, you know, so my, co my definition of coaching is, you know, and I'll drop it in the chat as well. It's really helping people achieve their level of awesomeness and realizing that people are fully capable of discovering their challenges, experimenting with options and measuring the outcomes that is sustain sustainable for their lives. And for me as a coach, I'm here to be an active listener to help people realize their dreams and passions in their journey. So I said, pursue your awesomeness. So I'm gonna drop that in the chat because that's just my definition that I've put out there of what coaching is all about. Um, you know, and as long as you make sure that, and there you go. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would agree. Um, for me, it's, it's, it's standing, in the standing in the gap and, and really being there as a, as a partner uh, with your clients to support them um, and really holding that space. It's really, for me, it's really about holding that, holding that space so that they can explore and discover uh, because that's the one thing missing a lot of times is no one's there to stand in the gap uh, to, to help them, you know, get beyond where they're stuck. Yeah, you know, um... I really um, just love everything that I'm hearing so, so, so wonderfully. Um, when I think about coaching, I think about um, a couple of different things, um, what it means to me. Um, insight, clarity, decision making. Those are the three things that stand out for me. And so by me showing up in a way that invites curiosity, invites openness, invites um, wonder, it allows, you know, the client to gain that clarity, insight, and make better decisions that ideally will not only improve their lives, but improve the lives of everyone that they're touching. Mm -hmm. I would echo everything that everyone has said. Um, for me, it's also helping individuals align their values and their needs and also their aspirations, right? And, and co-creating 
whatever journey or pathways that they want to, to uh, set for themselves and to also help them hold them accountable to their own action um, that, they, that they decide for themselves. So as they get in insights in terms of what they wanna do, how they wanna achieve those aspirations or goals or dreams is to be there as a partner. And, um, you know, so I provide tools or different things that might be helpful for them. But that's um, my approach is about helping them reach that transformation uh, and reach those benchmarks. And it's a process, right? It doesn't happen overnight. So thanks, Jenny, for oh, that question. Yeah, those, it's so, I'm so, I feel so inspired right now. Right? That just <laughs> um, great creative process and, and such. So, I, you know, I, um, and again, I, I'm feeling so inspired, right? And the, the rainbows and unicorns. I'd like to ask too, what's one of the biggest challenges you have with coaching? It, it, I'll, I'll jump on that one right away. And, and, you know, I would say the biggest challenge, I'm a firm believer that you're never coaching the client. You're always coaching yourself. And so, and so how, how my a client appears to show up is how I'm showing up. So it's really just, it's really just holding my feet to the fire to make sure that I'm living up to the highest of my abilities and my potential and, and doing the work, the inner work that Amarie talked about so wonderfully to make sure that um, there's space for others to show up in that way as well. You want to drop that question into the, or maybe I could do it if, and drop yeah, it in I so can. that everyone, because some people are, okay. Sure. Yeah, I can drop it in. Okay. I'll start, I'll start doing that when I ask questions. Yeah. It's just helpful. There you go. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So again, the question was, what has been your biggest challenge with coaching? So I would say it's, it's that there's an inner fight that happens and I call it the inner conflict as a coach, right? So here you are showing up with your client and, and oftentimes when we're called into working, especially if you're doing corporate um, coaching, right? You're working with executives, you're working with the team members and there are certain objectives that they want to achieve. Right? We call it the coaching agreement that we're trying to build that relationship. Hey, what do you want to achieve? You know, by the time we, you know, we're, we're done. And oftentimes it's that inner conflict that you want, you want to be successful because there's an, an end goal in mind. So oftentimes, and, and this is just for me speaking personally, sometimes, you know, it's, it's trying to keep my, get, keep myself out of the way so that the client could reach their goal and not have me just being fully focused on the fact that I have an agreement that says, hey, we, we want our teams to be better collaborators, or we want our teams to be, or we want this individual to be better that, you know? So it's all, sometimes it's that inner conflict between that coaching agreement that we had, which really is tied to income for me, right? And, and, and it's also tied to a certain level of validation for you as a coach. But it's the fact that you can't get in the way and try to channel this such that it meets that objective. It's really up to you know, the, 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 the client, the coachees, people are being coached to really get their, their own pace. 
So to me, that is a challenge that I have to, every time I, I go into a coaching session, I have to clear my palate, as I say, get prepared because mm -hmm. that could really get in your way. You know, hey, I, I got to make that money. I have to really focus on <laughs> meeting that objective so that I could have more time with the client or make, get a referral versus, you know, I, I don't have control over this. You know, this is about the client doing the work. So that's my challenge. Right. I, I, yeah. Well, Andrea just put a question in the chat. I think that's a, a good one to ask right now. How do, how do you adjust your leadership styles to ensure you are effectively coaching your clients? So I don't view it as much as adjusting leadership style. It's more about self-management, right? Um, being really grounded and being really clear on, you know, I'm here in service of my client, but I also, you know, so to piggyback a little bit, I wanted to add to the previous question. I think the other is not everyone's ready for coaching, right? They, the mm -hmm. person really has to want it in order for it to work. And so I could be fully prepared to serve my client, adjust and self-manage myself, you know, check in my bias and whoever it is that I'm coaching and at whatever level, I just believe that they, that the client itself, the coachee has to be really ready. Cause in some cases the employer may have sent this person because there's a performance issue. And so, you know, it's, it's a, uh, it's a different motivation when that happens. But my, my belief is that people will really get out of it as much as they put into it. Right. It's like working out at the gym. You're not going to get results if you don't work out. You have to do it yourself. So, um, so that's one thing I would say. And having those kind of clear um, upfront discussions about expectations and what I'm here to do and how I will do it and how can I, um, how will you like to be held accountable? How can I support you? Getting all those uh, questions sorted out on the front end is very key. You know, I, I'd like to um, ask a follow-up question for you, and also I'm very curious. So when, when you find yourself in a situation where someone has come to you, right, but it, it they did not have that original idea, right? How do you probe for that consent? And also, what happens if I may don't want to be there? So the first thing is, you know, there has to be a, a written agreement about what coaching is and what coaching is not, because yep. oftentimes people expect to get advice or tell me what I need to do, give me a strategy, you know, so working that all those things out on the front end. But um, at the end of the day, if they don't want it, they're not going to show up and then begin to see patterns, right? People rescheduling, counseling at the last, last minute. So if... This is not something you can force people, uh, either they want it or they don't. So I always make that a choice of the client. And we also figure out, okay, has this, is this really not serving you anymore? And if so, then let's, let's figure out how do, we, how do we wrap up our working or partnership. <laughs> So in, in a gentle and humane ahead, way. Joseph. Right? I'm sorry. Yeah. And I'm just going to say that, that, that coaching agreement is so important. Yeah. Uh, that that's like the bedrock of the whole relationship. So if there's, if there's something that the client is not understanding before they go into their first session, then you need to slow it down, 
so that it's it's a clear picture if they don't like to be challenged if you know what are their expectations what are their expectations what are they what are their outcomes what are they making what are they looking for and that needs to be so clearly defined because you don't want to go into a situation where um, they've been mis- you know they're expecting you to do the work no it's up to the client to do the work and you're supposed to support them with that and, and so there's two two levels of agreement right there's, there's the relationship yeah. agreement that, that covers the entire time of coaching but also there's a, a, an agreement for the session you know what do the client want to right. achieve in that period of time and you start to, to identify, you know, even elements of, you know, by the time we get to this certain period of time, like let's say it's a 30 minute or session, you know, what do you want to achieve out of that, right? So you're beginning to ask the client really pointed questions. What do you want to achieve? And if, if, they, don't, if they don't know, then maybe it's just a conversation and it's not a coaching session at that point in time. You know, let's just have a conversation, you know, and start to do more exploration. So I, I just want to make sure that there's two agreements that we're working on. One is the, the broad agreement for the relationship. And the other one is for that specific session itself to make sure we're teasing out, you know, what they want to achieve. And we're always co-designing it and co-creating it in yep. partnership with the client. Well, since we are talking about agreements, I did pop a question in there about working agreements and what is essential to include in those working agreements? I think we just, you know, Joseph and I just kind of, you know, pointed out a few of them in terms of what they want to achieve. Um, What are things that would be triggers for them? you know, how, how, is it okay for me to ask you certain type of questions? You know, where are the boundaries? Um, right. So you, you start to have those type of open dialogue because we, we want to make sure that in the coaching relationship that if we have to challenge someone, you know, how do we go about challenging that in, individual and do it in a way that it's not offensive or it's not creating friction? You have to ask them up front. You know, and, and just remember that the, the, the coaching agreement is not a static document. So you may be shifting this as you go through the relationship to ensure that we're capturing the right information or the appropriate information for that client, that specific person who's being coached. So, um, I mean, I just gave a few things around what could be an agreement, but I, I think I, I, may be even, I may even have uh, an agreement that we may be able to share at some point in time with the group. Um, so I just wanted to point that out that we may have something like that that you could use. Yes. One, yeah. one, Kitty, if I may. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I just wanted to say one universal thing that I would um, say that has to be in every agreement is confidentiality. Goes without saying. It's a bit, yeah, that's very key because that also helps create a safe space for that client. And also, you know, just sort of whatever gets worked out in advance frequency of sessions, what would happen if the client doesn't show up, Um, just sort of the logistics, but then there could be some specific arrangements that would be specific to that client. So it really, it's to suit the needs of that client. And I always add uh, something, uh, I try to paint a picture of how can we have a celebratory closing session too, because we wanna, acknowledge the accomplishments of, of that agreement at the end. 
but go ahead. I'm sorry, uh, Anne-Marie. So Elsie also mentioned earlier to include it as accountability, right? The confidentiality and accountability, I view it as two equally important parts in the agreement because you know, the, the, the client will be doing the work and are they committed to doing that? And if they are committed, how do they want me as their coach to show up for them and hold that space and hold that accountability for them? Yeah. So I like to talk about, um, I like to include and talk about and broach the subject of how do you uh, receive feedback or how would you like to receive feedback? Um, and so I think that kind of uh, rides on the tails of accountability. Um, so I, I don't know if people would like to talk about that and what that looks like. I think that would be a, a good topic. Um, you know, and, and I can tell you the first time that I heard that question, I was like, I don't know. I don't know how I like to receive feedback. I've never been asked that question before. And then as a coach, sometimes I will say that to my clients and I see that same expression in their face. Like, I don't know how to, so I, I like your question. Thank you. Let's talk about that. And, and as we talk about it, can you also add in how you might educate um, your clients into even what that question means? Yeah, when I think about um, feedback, um, when I think about coaching, I think about feedback as a coach because I'm partnering with the client. I'm getting feedback throughout the entire engagement. You know, so um, I might ask a question that says, say you bring up something that maybe seems not so um, directly related to the initial topic that we we sat down to discuss. I might ask, you know, hey, you brought X, Y, and Z up three times, would it be helpful for us to discuss that a little further or would you like to keep going? And so I'm constantly inviting that feedback through the partnership um, relationship with the client. And then at the end, I always ask them, <laughs> I always ask them, did you accomplish what you wanted to accomplish today? Always. And if they say no, which I haven't had yet, then that means I didn't do my job really well. So, <laughs> yeah. and I think part of getting that feedback is just constantly checking in um, and, and making sure that um, you know the feedback that they're giving that you're giving is is going leading the client in the direction that they want to go in. Because um, at the end of the day, it's it's taking them where they helping them get to where they're trying to go. But I also want us to be mindful that we have to think that, you know, discern the difference between coaching the problem and coaching the person, yeah. right? Very true. Of many, as coaches, we spend a lot of time coaching the problem and not really coaching the person and helping them to find, you know, their level of, of awesomeness. Um, so I, I bring that out just to to make sure that I'm listening to the conversation and I want us to make sure that we, we, we take our focus and go, let, let's focus on Joseph. Let's focus on Joseph and, on, and have empathy for Joseph and what's going on with Joseph so that Joseph's could figure out like, you know, oh yeah, this is my issue. I, I have a solution for that. Um, and so I just wanted to, to point that out. I threw um, in a coaching agreement, a series of, questions about eight questions that you could use to set up your coaching agreement right as you're walking through for um, a specific session this is not the relationship but this is just for a session some of the things that you may want to consider 
um, as you're, um, you know, having a session. So if I'm having a session with Sherry, I may say, hey, Sherry, what's on your mind uh, for our coaching conversation today, right? It, this is about Sherry. And it's like, what goals do you want to achieve by the end of this session, Sherry? You know, um, and, you know, so how clear are you about some of the goals that you have right now? And then, you know, how do, how would you know that you've reached your goal at the end of this conversation? So it's very specific and it's very targeted. And that's part of the, um, you know, for that coaching session, you know, that's the working agreement that I have. If it's a, if a 30 minutes and 30 minutes, can we achieve this? If it's 55 minutes, can we achieve this by walking through this model? And I have a bigger one that I'll, I'll put out there if I find it around a coaching relationship, which is totally different, you know, this more longer term. A question um, um, for me to uh, make some things more clear. You said uh, distinguish between coaching the problem and coaching the person. Um, uh, do I understand that coaching the person would be broader than just the problem or... Um, what, 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 uh, what should I understand by that? Uh, absolutely, Paulus. Um, so a lot of times people call, show up to coaching engagements because they have a specific problem. Um, they are trying to achieve some kind of outcome in their work or in their life. And there are real things um, that they believe are actually preventing them from doing that. Mm -hmm. And so... I could spend an entire hour talking about that person and those things and who said what and what's not working and why, or I could have a bigger conversation about what it means for them to achieve that result, who they get to be as a result of that result being in their life. How might the world experience them? So these are, um, it, it's a bit esoteric um, in a way, However, the intention is really on the evolution of that individual and whatever that problem is, if you will, just being a gateway for that evolution as a human. Yeah, yeah. you could work very hard on the, on the problem, but if the pe uh, person itself stands in the way, then you can work uh, as hard as you can. And if... if, if person maybe changes a bit that maybe the problem disappears uh, you got it yeah. okay and coaching coaching the problem is it's hard work i mean like you're it, you're it's a workout trying to coach the problem and so if you're working overtime and you're nothing is landing that the client is not you know able to explore they're not getting anywhere then you know you're coaching the problem Yeah, one of the things that I um, try to work, really work hard with a client is uh, working through their limiting beliefs, right? Because people do have a lot of other issues that come with them as, in, as, you know, as adults, right? We've gone through a whole life journey, right? Something may have happened early on in the life that could impact them later. So just also being mindful of what is appropriate for coaching and what is also appropriate for actual psychotherapy. So making those distinctions very clear um, is very important because coaching is not therapy, right? So that's one of the things I always tell people up front. Um, this is about 
helping to build your self-awareness, helping to do self-empowerment, helping all of the things that they said they want to achieve. So and, I, also, it, I just yes. want to, because we just use the coaching term, right? Mm -hmm. Limiting belief. Most people mm -hmm. don't know what that means. Most of us are coaches. We've been trained to know what that means. Can you please explain limiting beliefs for everyone else? Sorry. Sure, I'll try. I'll try. And I want others to chime in too. Um, <laughs> so a limiting belief could be somebody told me early on, I was not going to be a good engineer, right? Or I was not going to be a good, uh, whatever I chose to be or so I have that inner critic committee that sometimes comes up. I call it inner critic committee because uh, we all have that, you know, the little critter on one side and the angel on the other. So sometimes that bo those little negative voices take over and, and you hear it based on the, the way people are expressing themselves. You know, could have had a bad day. And so helping them to manage, you know, is this, and you begin to notice patterns too. So so it's when people try to say, oh, I can't do that, or I am not good at that, or um, I've always been told that I'm not. So they begin to believe that, I hope I explained it right, but I, I invite others to chime in. We've been conditioned by our story. Yes. Yeah. Um, thank you for defining that. Um, just you were speaking a little bit about the difference between coaching and psychotherapy as an example. Um, and I know for those folks that have gone through certification for professional coaching, the area of ethics is important, right? And making sure that you, you not only understand where those boundaries are, but that you can help your client understand that. But that's a tough situation. And I'm curious if any of you have been in a situation in which you felt that that boundary was getting blurred a little bit, either between you from your perspective or the client's perspective, and then how you might have course corrected. Yeah, ethics can be a great area. I tend to lean into, you know, what is what what feels true, like there's a, there's a moral ethic part in each like with ethics right we all have our own as well right and you can sense whether something is not right and if something is not right that that's you know like your antenna goes up a red flag for yourself to to know that you're not honoring that and this is where like confidentiality expressed earlier you know creating that safety is important and you know honoring that like this is partly why we have written agreements as well it's not just having the conversation I have the conversation to ensure my client is clear in what we've agreed upon right in terms of the, the coaching agreement um, but we also have it in writing right so that and the templates that share you know the ICF has examples particularly if you have like a three-way which some of us do when I say a three-way or multi-way in organizations you have your sponsor and then you have you know the the people the team members, if you will, right? And I've been clear with my sponsor to say, whatever conversations I have with the team members, remain with the team members, because I have an explicit agreement with the team members. I have a different agreement with the sponsor, right? So nothing that's discussed with one-on-one -on -one with the, the team members are discussed with the sponsor. The sponsor is wanting to know, you know, like, overall, are we going to achieve our transformation and, and, you know, what's our progress on that? Those are fair questions, right? regarding the overall transformation. So I'm explicit in being able to establish that um, code of ethics and the boundaries regarding where I stand as a coach related to coaching with my clients. 
but also from an ethical perspective, you know, you could go back to you have a guide, right? If if you're doing if you if you're doing professional coaching in the context of ICF, you could use their guide, you know, in in terms of ethics, right? And and use that as as a way. If let's say you don't have any, bef- you know, of your own, you could use their guideline because they obviously spell that out as part of your just your accreditation process, right? What, what, what are the different ethical markers that, that they would like to see you, you know, work toward, you know, as you're having a coaching relationship. And I think there's a big question in there from, from Sherry, a big question. It's a very big question with not a very simple answer, but I do see this as a common theme. Um, as a transformational coach, like if you're doing a transformation, um, how do you help the team or team members and the client understand the value of the, this new way of working? Um, it's, it, it is painful. I, I, you know, just as humans, we have a hard time shifting, changing, making some changes. It's a new habit. It's, you know, creating those new habits. Um, and so, you know, I hear things like, you know, like it feels sort of uh, disruptive when a uh, coach will chime in to a refinement meeting, for example, to help the team understand or better understand like normalized estimation or something like that. So you might hear things like, can we, can we set up another time for this? You know, things like that from the team. And, um, you know, so I'm always in a situation of saying, well, you know, the, we always have to look for opportunities. And this seems like a perfect opportunity to bring up um, a new way to look at this, a new perspective. And um, so there's a little bit of resistance. Change is painful. Um, it does feel like it's a few steps backwards before we can even move forward. But then there's also this, you know, there's just too many meetings. There's just too many meetings. And then, you know, I have to kind of explain that like, hey, this is all a part of your capacity planning and it's deducted out and this is the work, you know? So I don't know. I just wanted to throw that out there. And then I've also heard from like coaches that are coaching scrum masters or other coaches where they are seeing, they're, they're observing that these coaches are not taking, they're not speaking up at opportunity opportunities, you know, to, to, to coach. And they're just kind of letting the team, you know, organically do their thing, which is, which is good. They need to learn those things, but I don't know. There's just a little bit of a balance. So that's a lot to bring up, but I'm just curious what your thoughts are on those things. So I, I want us to, to make a distinction between professional coaching and agile coaching. An agile coach is not a professional coach. Right, and, and so ha- half of the time when I'm in a, in an agile space, you know, I am doing more mentoring, I'm doing more facilitating, I'm doing more training. Um, I set up time that I have coaching sessions with people with doing professional coaching. So I want us to a lot of the stuff that you're talking about is more facilitation, mentoring, and it's not coaching. I, I just want to make sure that we have a clear distinction between the two different, you know, activities that's that's taken place because oftentimes people call themselves agile coaches, but they're not really coaching. They're mentoring. They're facilitating. They're training, right? Um, and even in a group dynamics as a team, um, you know, the conversations would be 
more questions, creating space for them to move forward in, in, in whatever the desire is, right? So I, I just wanted to bring that clarification and then we could continue the conversation. No, no, thank you, Dr. Dave. And I think um, one of the questions that I asked at the beginning was how many folks actually have the, the word coach in their title versus the fact that they do coaching um, at work. I'm going to take that one step further and ask if, um, well, actually, let's do this first. If you have coach in, in your title or you do coaching at work, you know, raise your hand um, so we can see can that. We that use the, can we use the, the reaction if we can? Yeah, raise your hand or reaction. Some way, some way to indicate, yeah. you know, that's positive. Yes, thank you for those of you that are, that are off. Okay, and for those that have their hands raised, right, um, keep your hand up if you would not consider yourself primarily an agile coach. So since I'm primarily an agile coach, I'm going to lower my hand. So what I'm looking for is folks that primarily are not agile coaches. Can so you I'm not an agile coach. Uh, I said primarily, I think there's, there. I mean, if you're literally 50-50, sure. Um, but um, so, so Michael, I'm curious, did I mess up on instructions? Because I, I believe that you are not primarily an agile coach. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. So folks that might have a, the, um, you know, professional coaching, but don't spend the majority of your time with agile coaches or agile organizations. Okay. Right. Thank you. I'm actually, let's, I have another question then for the group here for, um, and so last questions on. So we're starting from a neutral spot. Um, how many folks have some kind of certification outside of agile coaching certification, right? So I'm an, I, I'm a, um, a certified agile coach, right? But I am not an ORS coach or a coactive coach or some of those types that are accredited through ICF or one of those bodies. How many folks have accreditation outside of the agile community? Okay. Um, uh, working to get there. Joseph working, I, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, join if you're working to get there. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Doing okay. ICF, you know. Okay. Um, so I'm curious, um, through that certification and, and study that you did, what was one of the things that surprised you the most? These are for the panelists and other attendees. For the panelists or the attendees? Either, anyone. Throw the question in the chat again. I, I, I missed that. I'll, I'll, ask, I'll answer that question, Jenny. And I think, um, you know, I, I got an ICF certification because I expected that I would get structure. And in the structure, you get the, the, the coaching contract with the coachee. And I think when I joined the call, that was kind of the subject. You know, how do I keep people in the lane of coaching? Well, that's what ICF and the con coaching contract does with the coachee. So when I went for my certification, although I had been coaching all along, it was really to add structure to the coaching that I was due in the coaching framework. I would say uh, one of the things that surprised me was also the lack of diversity and the lack of the uh, racial equity lens or the cultural differences lens that um, I think often is required depending on the industry that you're coaching. But in general, I just think that given the 
current environment that we're we're in in our country, it's very very important to have a cultural lens as well because people self-identify in so many different ways, and so uh, that oftentimes comes into play in, in a coaching session. Well, what might we consider differently? if we use that lens of underrepresented groups, <clears throat> BIPOC groups, how, how might things be different or what might we wanna consider for coaching through that lens? Um, sorry, I just missed the question. I Sure, I'll put it in the chat. Yeah. But what might we can what might we need to consider when we're looking through looking at coaching through the lens of BIPOC underrepresented groups, underserved groups? So so Jenny, I, I would say it's it's you know it's cultural diversity, you know, if we look at the planet, we have people coming from different cultures. Um, some people, I mean, each culture has a, has a mores and folk ways that if you are coaching somebody from a culture that is foreign to you, it would be advisable to do some research before you began coaching. So you didn't use the wrong words or use the wrong behavior during that coaching session. So I don't think it's, it's, it's. If you, if you relegate it to just what we do here in America, um, we have our own unique folkways and mores and norms and things that are systemically baked into the culture that we live in. But if I'm coaching somebody from Morocco and I'm in Tucson, Arizona, then I have to be very aware of the cultural predisposition that they come to that coaching session with. So it, it goes back to, you know, the conversation of coaching the person, right? I mean, it was really understanding who that human being is and, and really beginning to understand some of the, the, the challenges uh, and traumas that they have experienced in their lives and, and, and start to have the conversation at that level. Um, you know, it, it comes down that, and this is going to sound really weird, um, and, 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 you know, this is, this comes from a pastor at a church that I went to back in Southern California and he's a younger guy. And he always says this, you know, and this may sound a little childish. He says, we all poop. Right. And, and, <laughs> and his point to that, that the, we all poop is that there is commonality with, with, with every human being. We need food. We need love. We need to feel that we belong. Right. And so in coaching that human being, we need to get to that space. This is where we bring our humanity back into the conversation, you know, while we're coaching or, or even being coached, you know, because there's, there's two sides to this. It's that if I'm receiving coaching, I have to really, you know, tap into who I am as a human being as well. So um, everything that that author said, I said, yes, and. And, and then we add this other soft side to it, this other hum, hum, humanistic side to it, this, the love that Anne-Marie speaks to right, are, are all important things that we have to bring to the table in the conversation. If I can build on what uh, Dr. Dave just said, and I think 
for me, coaching is knowing what questions to ask and asking those open-ended questions to elicit a lot of dialogue from the coachee. But I can't know what question to ask unless I know the person that I'm coaching. And in order to do that, oftentimes I've got to do some research before I engage with them. Because if I don't do that research and I'm just asking open-ended questions, am I really in service to them or am I just hoping that I get to a good outcome? So I think um, coaches it's, are required to do due diligence to understand the cultural norms that they come to that call with, the, the experiences that they bring. And that's what Dr. Dave was saying. It's a human-to-human -human relationship and, and, and coaching with empathy, perhaps, is maybe the best way to say it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to like really bring this back to a, a, um, an agile uh, type of um, use case. Um, and so coaching, as it relates to diversity, equity, and inclusion in that space, um, knowing who you're dealing with, knowing the background, understanding that individual, and understanding how that background and the experiences of that individual might influence their their thinking and their um, decision-making process. You don't want to necessarily go in with a bias about how you think someone might be thinking, um, but you can certainly be intentional about your curiosity um, mm -hmm. and and really allow that to, um, to be a, an advantage for you in terms of um, that coaching conversation. Um, I will say definitely, um, you know, the original question was, what were you most surprised about um, in the coaching space? Yeah, there was, um, I was definitely surprised about the, the, by the lack of diversity. And frankly, I was also surprised in some ways about the lack of intentionality around addressing that. Um, but um, what I'm seeing now is I'm seeing that there is, um, there are groups of individuals who desire to have this conversation and who see the value um, is something that's much bigger than um, you know uh, you know a, a dollar sign at the end of it they're really seeing um, that this is about creating greater space for people to be themselves um, and to bring their creativity which will of course you know improve productivity improve outcomes and improve um, the the customer experience with whatever they're creating Thank you, Michael. Ashanti um, has a question in the chat, um, a follow-up on the comment about researching uh, your coaches. How might you go about researching? I might have a questionnaire that I would provide the coachee just to ask them a couple of things that I might want to learn about them before they show up for that first session things they want to talk about, but ask those questions in a way that I, I get them to expose maybe more about themselves, who they are and what they're bringing to that session. One, what are the, I'm sorry. One of the things I do at the very beginning is just to do a values clarification worksheet so that I get a sense of what are, what are the top values that this individual has and how am I be able to integrate that in the future coaching work? Thank you. Yeah, I mean, th there's several tools that, that can be used and, and this, is, this is essential for, 
and I, I'm going to come back to the coaching relationship agreement, right? This is part of the discovery work that we have to do in really understanding the, you know, the other person that we're, we're, we're co-creating the space with, right? Because it's not us building anything. It's, it's us enabling others to, to find their pathway. Um, you know, I, I created, <laughs> I, I, there's a tool that I've created myself called uh, Back to Your Vision. Um, I, and so that helps, it's one way to help people to ask questions. And, and I'll share that uh, with, with the group in, in terms of it just seeking to help that individual figure out, you know, what vision do they have for themselves, you know? And, you know, we give them a, a simple way of, of how to get there, but also the values tool that Anna Elsa talks about is also another powerful tool that could, could use to figure out what do they really value. Um, so there's, there's several tools out there that maybe perhaps we could share in the chat um, that people could get value from. Um. Thank you for sh sharing that, uh, Dr. Dave. Um, and so I think I am going to pivot the conversation a little bit and, and, and go the direction you were going um, and ask um, what, so we have, a, we have a lot of experienced coaches on the call. I know that from some of the polls that we've been doing. Um, but this is on Facebook Live and it's being recorded. So we're not sure who the entirety of the eventual audience will be. So I suspect there's going to be some folks that may not have experience coaching, um, whether that's formal certification, professional coaching or agile coaching. So I'd like to ask uh, you all, what is one piece of practical advice you would give to someone starting out? Let's take one from one of our panelists first. You know, I would say um, starting out, um, it's important to make sure that um, you are choosing the path of a coach for the right reasons. Um, a lot of times people come to coaching because they have their own stuff that they're trying to work out. Um, and it really isn't about the client at all, or maybe they have some experience in a, in an area of expertise and they want to contribute in that way. Um, you might be better suited to be a mentor or a facilitator if that's the case. But if you are choosing to be a coach, you are choosing a life, um, of personal growth and transformation and inquiry, um, because you feel called to that and you choose that life in uh, community with others to include your coaches because that's something that you feel called to. I would like to add, I'd like to add to that and just say, you know, as it's not about you. So as a coach, it's remove self. It's, it's not about you. Um, you should talk less and let the client talk more. If you can stick to those two things, the next thing would be listen, learn to listen. Um, if you can do those, that's a good place to start. Remove self, put the client first, and learn to listen and talk less. I would add it's an openness to discovery. Life is a lifelong journey. We, we discover, right? We evolve and we discover and be open to that discovery process, right? We may come to, yes, discovering that this is our calling, as Michael mentioned earlier, right? I mean, we've all evolved in our journey and be open to that 
open discovery is what I would add for someone not knowing where to go or how to start. Or, yeah. And I would just add um, to be fully, fully present and to be, uh, to do your inner work as well. Because it is about, as Joseph said, it's about the client, it's about the other person. And if you're able to even get coaching yourself, great. If not, you know, this, this is also a lifelong learning journey for us as coaches, because, you know, the art of coaching continues to evolve. So you may be dealing only with individuals. I might be pretty soon, I'll be actually doing coaching circles. And so, and there are different models out there. So I think just make sure that you, you feel really comfortable because it will show you know, the clients can tell when you're not really confident, uh, when you're not fully prepared or you're not grounded yourself before you begin a coaching session. So just do your inner work. <laughs> I wanted to add one thing, a, a tactical thing, um, because this could be very expensive. Look, to be, if you're going to get trained to become a, a coach, I'm just be very frank with you. To even go through an ICF coaching session, you know, um, journey, it's about, five to six grand, I'll, I'll maybe even up to $8,000. Just This is just the, the bottom tiered level, calling the ACC. You know, I've been through WBEX and Coactive Coaching, and those are also another big ch chunk of dollars. So I, I want to be very practical about this, that you should do your homework if, if you're, you want to start doing this, because there's an investment, investment of dollars, an investment of time to actually get there. This is not, this is not a cheap journey. Right. I mean, you can't just well, you can because there's there's no real what I say um, certification or certifying body per se to say what coaching truly is. ICF is, is one thing and they don't even call it um, certification. They call it accreditation. Right. Which is a difference. Um, so I, I just want to make sure that people understand this that you may find lots of people out there who are saying that I'm a coach and I'm a coach. They read a few books, they went through a few workshops and then you could become a coach. You know, I just want you to be aware of that. So do your homework, figure out, you know, if you're going on this journey, know that it's going to cost you and be prepared to really invest that dollars and time and energy to, to be able to become a good coach. Um, and, and, and it's not cheap. So I just want to let everyone be aware of that. Uh, sometimes we, we, we think about all the other stuff and not the tactical things that we really have to invest in to, to achieve our goals. Yeah. No, thank you, Dr. Dave, for, for pointing that out. It's, um, again, this is a very inspirational uh, conversation that we're having, um, but it's not all rainbows and unicorns. And it is an investment in time and dollars and self to go through this journey. <laughs> okay, so I um, so I wanted to pull a little bit on the thread, um, and you know, there's um, lots of practices and, and techniques um, in the coaching space. Um, for me personally, one of the kind of signals of of when coaching is happening is what we were just talking about—that listening, right? Holding space and listening. So maybe that's one area we can talk just a little bit more about and say, because um, I saw there's some questions about what is generative listening and such. What are some of the techniques that you do to ensure that you are listening? You know, um, one of the ways that I know that I'm not listening is I'm having an inner conversation while the person is talking. 
right? So if if I'm asking questions, if I'm trying to predict where the person is going with the conversation, if I if if the space is not completely serene, then I know that I'm not fully listening. And so when that shows up for me, then I have to just bring myself back. Like I'll I'll be like, okay, we're not talking about that. We're not thinking about what we're having for dinner. We're present with the client right now. And that is a practice that just it just takes time. You get better with it over time. And even when you get really good at it, you still have to bring yourself back to really fully be present. Because when you're present, people can feel it. And the power of coaching is in that presence. And so if your presence is so resolute, the client will just coach themselves and you won't even have to say a word. So I'm going to drop something in here, um, levels of listening, just to, to help. Um, sorry. Right. I mean, I mean, this is a common thing that when we think about levels of, of listening, I just put it in the chat. Um, they, they said there's three levels. So level one is like that it, internal listening, right? Um, we're listening to ourselves. Um, we're trying to figure out what we're going to say, you know, as we're talking to our, our clients, right? So that's that's level one. Um, you know, level two is um, and if I can actually read my writing, <laughs> <laughs> right? It's called focus listening. So you know, we're focused, but you know, we're, we're trying to listen to others. Um, the, you know, and I also brought up things about limiting beliefs, right? I, I mean, all of those different things is when we're at leveling two, level two because we're aware of that. And level three is what you know, Michael was also getting to is where that we have created, we have co-created a space for us and the client, right? Such that we're, we're, we're really, you know, into that conversation and they know that we're fully present at that point in time. So this is just some coachy stuff. So I'm just throwing that coachy stuff out there in terms of three levels of listening, um, something for us to consider. Go ahead, Joseph. I know you. I want you to jump. Yeah. And I find you know I find helpful blocking, blocking out time to decompress yeah. between sessions. So even if it's like five or ten minutes, just to, you know, unwind, you know, and prepare myself mentally for the next session. So that way, I'm taking care of any little tasks that might pop up in my mind, but that will prevent me from reaching that level three. So that way, I don't have any distractions. So once I'm able to to breathe, relax, walk away, and then prepare for that next session, I'm able to get into that level three uh, listening fairly quickly and stay there. Another aspect of listening is also listening to our intuition in the moment. Right. And that's something we have to continue to work with, right? Like when I said something, I express it, right? And then Agreed. ask the client, you know, what's, what's present for you, right? Maybe the client's ex is expressing or experiencing something similar, right? Um, but I get to check in as to, I, is that what you're ex experiencing? I'm feeling heat or whatever is happening, right? So you go with your intuition. This is where in coaching, it's a dance, right? It's a partnership, but it's also a dance in the moment for whatever is present. And I work with what's present in the space with the client at the time. Yeah, and I would also say to add to that is um, deeply listening. Sometimes uh, you can sense and you can check by using metaphors. So, mm. so feeding it back to the client, like what I'm picturing or what it sounds like you're experiencing is, 
and you paint a picture and then and I would ask does that resonate for you or does that does that capture and they would either say yes and that's how you know your your intuition is really working because you really focused on what they were saying and helping them process and, and heading towards the insights because you really always want to wrap up with what are the what were the shifts what were the key takeaways the insights so they get the most out of the session all right thank you um so i asked a question about how do you get started right um i'd like to ask a question about maybe what's a recent leap that you have taken, right? A resource that provided you some real insight. And there will be bonus points if it's something less expensive, like a book or someone to follow on Twitter, than as Dr. Dave said, a $5,000 course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> expensive. Right. One have something recently that they've discovered, one of the maybe lesser known resources that has provided you some real insight. Yeah, I would, I would, I mean, I've, I've chimed in on this one for, for a few. I've, um, I'm not sure how many are familiar with Clubhouse. Um, Clubhouse is an app uh, that's being used currently for, um, it's like a podcast. Uh, you go into the app. And there are a number of rooms on so many different topics, um, but there are a number of rooms around coaching, around therapy, um, and they're giving, you know, they're giving talks, they're giving demos, coaching demos, but then they're also offering uh, coaching training, like there's APAC and a couple of other uh, programs that are out there. Um, that could be a resource to tap into to learn more. Um, and, they're, and that's a free source. You just download the app and then, you know, they're having conversations on Zoom as well as chat, and they're talking more about coaching ethics and, you know, the difference between coaching and therapy, similar to what we're doing now. It's just in more of an audio um, format. And it's free. Thank you. Doesn't cost $5,000? No. <laughs> but it's just... <laughs> but also, you should really, you know, be clear that Clubhouse is something you have to get invited to. You can't just get in. Yeah, yeah, it's it, and it's it's just a, it's, if you're trying to get your feet wet and learn, like you attended today, if you want to learn what coaching is, then that's a place to to learn more. It's not, I wouldn't recommend it a training source. Yeah, but Joe, if somebody is very interested in joining Clubhouse, um, Joe, you'd be okay if they reached out to you to find out more and possibly even get an invitation after that. Uh, yeah, I'm, I spoke to Dr. Dave. We're going to talk more about setting up a, a clubhouse for Agile and Agile for Humanities. Yeah. So we're going. We may move this platform to Clubhouse and try it out to reach a lot. You know, reach more more people. So. Yeah, let me try awesome. it on the platform. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, stay tuned to that. Great breaking that. news! You heard it here first. Yeah, Joe's leading that. Yeah, I'll lead that after <laughs> Dr. Dave. Thanks, brother. <laughs> Thank you. So I thank you for adding that kind of emerging um, new practice that I think is um, I'm starting to hear a lot about that in the, the coaching community. Yeah. So we are uh, getting near time here. And again, um, thank you for those that um, joined at various times throughout this session, um, probably for various uh, reasons, uh, one of which being the meetup uh, time zone 
translation seems not to work the way that it should. So appreciate that. Um, is there any, before we wrap up, is there anything we're leaving out here that needs to be addressed? Is there something you wish we had, had discussed? Well, I did have a really big question and I do realize that and it was a lot to unpack. So I just want to offer up if there's anybody here who would be interested in speaking with me further outside of today's talk. Yeah. yeah. So I gave you a, a I, I said you could ping me too since you want me to yeah. speak at Agile Denver at some point. Uh, yeah. That sounds great. Thank you guys. Yeah. So, so two things there, um, please feel free to drop your contact information in the uh, chat window because folks can save that and then they'll have it ready even after the call is over and you can uh, can go connect. Um, Dr. Dave, when we do formally wrap up, will we mm -hmm. stay on for 15 minutes or so? For sure. More yeah, dialogue? And, and I, I want to wrap, once you're done, then I'll, I'll do a, a formal wrap up of the session. Okay. Great, thank you. Well, maybe in, in some to assist in your formal wrap up, I'm going, um, oh, are you indicating that you have a topic? Anne-Marie? No, she's, she's no sorry. Computer. That okay, that's okay. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't know if you were waving at me or, or cleaning the, the camera screen. Um, okay, so as one last activity, because um, I, I didn't hear another topic, networking, which is absolutely fantastic in connection. Um, I will ask that everybody, um, drop into the chat, although if you'd like to say it out loud as well, that would be fantastic. What's one thing you will take away from this session today? What's, what's at least one thing you will take away from this session today? Yeah, drop it in the chat. <laughs> Open to everybody, Jenny. Open to absolutely everybody, Everyone. Yes. I said right. at least one. I would encourage everybody to put at least one, but if you have a couple, that would be great too. I'll go ahead and start then. Um, Dr. Dave, I really appreciate you being very specific about what is coaching, what is a coach. Um, in my title, even though I'm retired now, I have been an agile enterprise coach has been my title. But now that I look back on it, I've been an agile teacher, a systems thinking teacher. I have not coached the way that you guys are specifically referring to that. So I really appreciate you being very succinct about uh, the definition of coaching. You're welcome, Tom. Do you want me to pass it over to the next person or should I wait for a volunteer? Yeah, people could I would, I would wait. Mm -hmm, yeah. Okay. And, uh, let's encourage people to put it in the chat as well. So we don't, you know, if people want to just write it, that's cool too, right? I'll share, I'll share mine. I know I was the MC, but I am walking away with the phrase standing in the gap. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm walking away with just, uh, an increased passion, um, and, and, and a deeper reverence and love for this, this profession called coaching. I love it so much. Um, and I love to share this space. So yeah, this, yeah, inspiration. Yeah, that's what I'm walking away with. Yeah, I agree. I think ins definitely inspiration and, and learning from others, being able to hear others' uh, perspective on coaching. Uh, it's a good thing. 
Yeah, I'm just saying, get out of the way and let the client find their level of awesomeness. And last call, any other takeaways from today? All right, well, I want to um, especially thank the panelists coming prepared. I know they've been thinking about this topic um, over the week and uh, brought a lot of good energy and advice to the group. I also want to thank those um, that attended. Um, I, the questions really drove um, the conversations deeper um, and wider. So thank you for that. Thank you for your energy and participation. Uh, I'd like to also thank Anne-Marie for the energy that started this Zumba class, the dancing, and Joe for the music that you provided. So thanks. And of course, Dr. Dave, thank you for providing this space for all of us to get together and have such a good conversation on a Saturday. Thank you. Well, thank everyone for, for coming today. Um, this is a, a really a, a important uh, space for us to hold, to have like conversation about our humanity. Um, so we're gonna meet again in June. And so I am, the good news is we have uh, the speaker for June present today and we want her to, hey, Anne-Marie, give a plug, give a plug for, for what you're gonna talk about in June. Um, let's hear that. I'm gonna be sharing on growing your leadership agility with positive intelligence. So in what ways can we grow as leaders? Um, so something tangible that you would take away and relatedly, you know, Anna also talked about, you know, that in a committee that shows up, you have techniques and ways to work with that committee so that you truly show up as your beautiful, awesome inner leader, if you will. It's a, the true essence of who you are. So that's essentially what well, you will experience in the June meetup. And I'm excited and thrilled to share that with everybody. Yay. Yay. So I, I just want to let everyone know, thank you so much, Anne-Marie, for, for um, deciding you know, to share your, your story and, and bring that message to us um, in June. I just want to let you know that we're, we're a global organization uh, and we live all over the place. I know I live in Tucson, so does Michael and Joseph is on the East Coast and Anna Elsa's in New York and Ashanti's somewhere else and Jenny's in, in, in Missouri. So you're going to experience speakers from around the globe as we connect. With, we have a big network of people um, that that are from different corners of the world, we're going to bring those different speakers in every other month. Uh, and that, yeah, and then, you know, bi-monthly. And then, so we're going to have different topics in conversation. Even though most of us may live in the agile space and doing work within that space, our topics are not going to be just limited to agility. All right, like you can see today, we talked about coaching. We didn't want to talk about agile coaching. We want to talk about coaching. And so the conversation may even walk into spaces where we're talking about designing things which is gonna be awesome. We're gonna have talking about graphic recording and, and visualization. So we want this to be a little bigger than just talking about agility itself, because as human beings, we're more than, <laughs> we're more than just about agility, all right? And so um, stay tuned. Um, I'm gonna post this recording uh, back out to the meetup group. Um, I'll put it out on LinkedIn. It'll be on the agile4humanity.org website as well. And, and as Joseph helped me to, uh, for us to set up our clubhouse and maybe even a, a separate YouTube channel for Agile for Humanity, we'll just get all of those things going so that we can start to share 
you know, the different messaging and, and the conversations that we're having uh, back out. Um, I'm just going to give a, a plug for our, uh, we have, we have a conference that we hold each year. We just launched that in February. Um, so next year, 2022, we hopefully will be meeting in person in, in Phoenix somewhere. And, and we're going to have a physical conference as well. So every year we're going to have a physical conference and as well as having these bi-monthly um, meetup. Um, so I just want to say thank you so much for, for being here. Um, really appreciate the energy. Jenny, thank you for, for coming up with these wonderful questions, uh, you know, challenging us to, to go beyond, you know, the boundaries of the status quo and, and for everyone else who showed up. Um, look forward to seeing you again in June. Stay tuned. We'll, we will be, uh, don't go anywhere. I'm going to stop recording because we're going to have 15 minutes of social time, right, Jenny? And then, you know, Joseph's going to play music and we're just going to have a good time because, you know, it's about human beings being human beings. With much love. I'm going to stop recording now. So, ta-da! Recording. Yep.